have rules, but what happens when they multiply? You become a legalist? You become a legalist. I had Pharisee right here. Pharisees were legalists. Um, let's see what Christ had to say about the Pharisees. Matthew 23, 26. These were very religious people. They knew the law. They knew God's word. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside may also be clean. The Pharisees were all concerned about, I follow the rule. Yeah, but you didn't do good for your neighbor next to you. Luke 7.39, now when the Pharisee had invited him, saw this, it's what Jesus had done. The Pharisee said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who's touching him, for she's a sinner. Pharisees never see themselves as the sinner. If you create a Pharisaical child, it's a Pharisaical child, you create someone who doesn't need God because they follow the rules. They don't see themselves as desperately in need of a Savior because they follow the rules. The rich young ruler came to Christ and said, what must I do to be saved? And he, Christ listed all the commands and the guy said, I've done them all. Christ didn't challenge him. He went to the heart of the matter. Okay, then sell everything you have. Come follow me. And the man walked away. He wasn't going to give it all up for Christ. The last one here, Luke 18, 11. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector. You don't want to create a Pharisee. Now, I'm not saying you don't have rules in the house, and I'm not saying that everybody's list should be no more than ten. But what you're after is the character of the child, not that they know how to follow the rules. And because when you follow rules, you typically follow them by the one who laid it down. So when I step out of that household and those rules, what do I do now? And how do I live in a world that doesn't know where any of those rules came from? So again, take, take care on an overabundance of rulemaking. And here I went, ah, me. I have my own rules. Most of them deal with my comfort and my ability or inability to handle noise. You don't have to say amen here, Ryan. Um, but again, you're, if you aren't careful, you can produce a self-righteous child. And even if it's not stated, a worldview of it's by my works that I am righteous before God. And you don't want to go there. Um, so manage character. Um, they'll find cracks in the rules anyway. I was a great... I knew where the rules were in my house growing up, but I knew how to step right on, on the line. And occasionally you fell off the line, and so you learned better where it was. But, but kids can find cracks in that. Um, example I gave a couple weeks back. Um, there was one extended member household in, in my family who disallowed guns. And lo and behold, each boy had two, ready-made. So guns were banned, but they played with guns all day anyway. Um, they'll find cracks in it. So what do we do? I think we concentrate on God's, on the child's relationship to three things. The child's relationship, again, this is not unique to me. You go to chapter 16, you're going to see all this laid out. What about the child's relationship to God? What about to themselves and what about to others? So, concentrating on God, do they understand that they, are they conscious of the need? Do they understand that, that we're all in need of God? 
do they make choices that reflect God? Is there evidence in the relationship that, that, there's, that they have a relationship with God? Um, do they talk about God? Are they motivated by the truths of God? Parents need to understand where the child is spiritually so you know how do I... Is this child not saved? Okay, well, that's, that's different topics that we need to talk about. Are they saved but very self-centered? Okay, well, now let's, let's work on that. But again, how, how do you help them with their relationship with God? What about with themselves? Do they understand themselves, their personality, their strengths, their weaknesses? That, that goes through all adult life. Um, I think I, I'm always amazed when, when I take something at, at the office around my personality. Um, the last one I did, I think, I think I answered 25 questions. Very quick. I didn't have to think long. And when it came back, I was amazed at just how accurate it laid me out. Um, my weaknesses, my strengths, um, to, to a really nth degree of accuracy. It was kind of scary. Um, so knowing that helps you look at what are my strengths, how do I leverage and work and, and, and make those really good, what are my weaknesses? And, and I'm not going to go deep on this because um, the lines are squishy. At work and my work, a lot of times, if someone has weaknesses, do you typically change a weakness into a strength? Not usually. Usually a weakness is something you've got to work on for your life. But what do you do with weaknesses? You make sure they aren't disabling weaknesses. How do I shore them up? The strengths, yeah, they're going to be strengths, and how do you make sure that you focus them properly and use and don't abuse them? But they are what they are. You're going to have strengths in certain areas. But the weakness is how do you, how do you manage them so that they aren't just debilitating? Um, so as, as, as you work to help the child under them, understand themselves, um, if they have a tender heart, if that's their strength, what do you have to watch out for? For a child who has a tender heart, they really do look out for others. What do you have to help that child with? Maybe not to be a doormat. Exactly. Not to be manipulated by others. Not to, um, not to just have to be at their beck and call because of the needs of others. Um, what about a leader? What do you do with a leader? Learn how to serve. Learn how to serve. We, we, we've had a couple of leaders in our household. I had two kids in there here, so I have to be careful. We have a budding leader who's five that, oh my goodness, <laughs> the budding leader is like, I don't know how many times in a week we go, you are not in charge. <laughs> and she has to say it, and he has to say it. <laughs> the only thing we have to say to these two is when we're in the room, you are not the parent. <laughs> so you can chill out, it's not on you. But again, but for, that, but for that the, can be a good thing. Like if, if God's called them to do something in a leadership role, you, you want to be able to channel what their personality is. So, you know, you have to, you can't make a leader not be a leader, but you can channel it and train them how to be a good leader by serving. And I think with, I mean, with all of these, there's something to learn from the opposite end of that spectrum. For the tender heart to see a leader, for the leader to see a tender heart, if you can get both of those together, that's a pretty powerful personality. 
Um, what about shy? Confident. What do you have to watch out for the shy or the confident? What do you have to work on? Anybody had a shy child in here? Or, or confident. Yeah. Now, you've had one of the you had one of those. I've had no? several confident ones. Yeah. So what do you have to watch out with the confident ones? It's good well, that they're they, they don't hurt themselves doing something that's oh. <laughs> fearless right now. Um, Jump into the yes, pool. Um, but uh, just that, well, one, in, it makes it harder for, to teach uh, being under authority and listening to you because they believe that their answer, you know, whatever they believe is the right answer. Um, and also um, in respecting other people and, you know, listening to them too. Just listening, I guess, is a big part of it. Yeah, I agree. The confident ones usually don't need to check with you because they got I, it. I know I got it. I know it's right. Um, fearless is not always the same thing as confident. I think we have a fearless granddaughter. She kind of dove face first into the water. Dad freaked out, picked her up, and she was like, "I'm going to do that again." Um, he deserves a child. <laughs> Um, what about the shy one? What do you do with them? Share yourself. Don't be selfish. To, to see it as not, not oh, no, that's not just you and you get to shy away. You are actually being selfish in that. I agree. But I, I, I have had several shy ones. The, um, the time to really push that is not like in the moment when they're freaked out trying to speak to somebody. You know, we had to practice it at home. Like, okay, pretend like I'm a total stranger. That was that. Oh, <laughs> it's like there's a child under the table. Um, the child will, you know, get really afraid if, if that's not their comfort zone. But at home, you can practice. Okay, here's what gonna, we're going to do the next time we're at church and somebody speaks to you. You're not going to look down and not give them eye count. We practice doing those things, and it's really hard for some of them. But you just teach them that it's a gift they can share their smile. You know. I actually have a question because we're kind of dealing with this, but so with our little miss, she went from being very confident to suddenly just not wanting to talk to people. And I don't think it's that she's shy. I think she just doesn't feel like it. So how do you, I don't know. I'm not really sure how to deal with that because I know that she's perfectly capable of saying hi. And if it's somebody she wants to talk to, she will, whether they're a stranger or not doesn't matter. Sometimes it's people that she knows and she's just being ornery. Mm-hmm. So I don't... Like, Emma has done that too. <laughs> Emma did that too. And we were at my parents' house last week and and that's why I teared up in front of y'all last week. We had had it. I wanted her to show my parents. She had been doing ballet in front of everyone. She was just showing off and I asked her to do something and she looked at me and said no. And you know, in retrospect, I thought I shouldn't have put her on the spot. It wasn't a big deal that she'd do this thing or show my parents this thing. But the fact that she looked at me and said no, and she ended up getting a spanking because it was defiance. But in retrospect, I was thinking, well, my motivation was I was embarrassed because here's my child doing all this. And then she just chooses to just like what you said. I knew she wasn't that she was really shy. She just didn't want to do that particular thing. And I think that's you have to in the moment decide is this just defiance? They just want to, you know, be strong-willed? Or is this, have I asked them to do something really that they're not ready to do? Especially if you've already seen that outgoing nature. Yeah. So I think it's just, all. my mom always told me in my early parenting years when I was just 
you get in these situations in public and not know what to do, she said, don't just deal with it at home. Go back home, talk about what happened, show them, literally act it out what they should have done. And then, because a lot of times, Emma will, um, when I've corrected her lately, she'll, she's being very sensitive. She wants to please, and she'll say, well, was I sinning? And I'll say, you're learning. You're learning how to do the right thing, and this was not the right thing. And I won't say it was sin, you know. I'll just say it was, you're still five, and you need to be, you're about to be six, and we're working towards the next thing, you know. Um, So you don't overwhelm them, but... It's probably just a moment-by-moment thing where you deal with it. One thing we did years ago, um, our daughter would act up in the public. So what we started to do, and I don't know if it's correct or not, but it worked. We put the phone out and recorded. So when we got home, when it was time for discipline, what did I do? <laughs> this is what you were doing. Here's the presented yep, evidence. This is what, and there's no mis misinterpreting what they did it was and I don't know if that would work with everybody but I mean she still acted up afterwards but still it was time to get disciplined at home there was no um... well the thing is that she's a she's going to be or a good lawyer or a good prosecutor (laughs) (laughs) because she's going to give you all the reasons why the spanking is not necessary Mm. or is unfair even when she was a little kid so we had to do that just because she she made you doubt, like, did I say that? So it, it no, I think that's plays great. tricks with your mind. So we have to just, okay, this is for my own safety. You might have to use that. Like that. Yeah. So, so I think that's the, the reason I hung my head is because that, that goes to, that's a two-way street. So I am leader. I have strong opinions. If I've if I will express an opinion, it's obviously right because I've thought about it and worked my way through it. So you can express your opinion, but I know it's right. That, that's the, the bad side of Charles. But I hung my head because there's so many times that I'll look at a clip of family activity and hear myself in it and go, oh. So it's not just the kids. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm, Filming I think is that's good. good. Filming is good. Kinds of yeah. And when you yeah. have to listen to yourself and like, gee, Charles, there. They're, they're able to do it without you telling them every dot and tittle of how to do this activity. I typically get lost in the execution of the journey. I'm a planner. Even plan a game. We He's get like, to where let's we're get going. to the end. Let's get to the end. <laughs> it's like, keep it moving. The whole idea is who's going to win or lose. <laughs> we're just going to go to sleep if we don't get this thing moving. That's, that's the excess that I have to watch out for. Um, and I did it on a lot of our trips. And I would be so onto the here's the schedule, here's where we have to be, that I'd miss what we were doing and the family time. So anyway, I but digress. My parents back in the days of cassette tapes, you know, players and recorders, they still have cassette tapes of our family conversation. So I was growing up in the seventies, so we're talking about a long time ago. And so our little kid, all four of us, and they'll show us we were all talking at the same time at the dinner table. Like we would have three different conversations going on with the six of us and music in the background because my parents always played classical music in the background and just the noise. And they recorded it just to show us what it was really like. So years later, you know, you describe it. You're like, yeah, y'all talk at the same time. But the other thing that we realize is how you can hear me. I'm telling everybody what to do. <laughs> I was the oldest, and they called me the chairman of the board because I was like, okay. 
Eugene, you need to eat your peas. Mama here hasn't eaten his peas. <laughs> and, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it's a great idea because you've got proof. This is really what happened. I am going to have to use that other idea. I'm going to use that. You were going to say something. Um, as you think of the children getting older, it could be, too, that something has happened that caused her to, some little something, big in her mind, that's caused her with, to withdraw. So just discussing it gives an opportunity to help her know how to handle it in a grown-up way. As I, I think it's a really good point. I think a lot of times we jump to the action without taking a little bit of time to see, is there a reason behind it? If it's just orneriness, you'll find out. If it's something else... It's good to ask. I talked to my 24-year-old son this week and was telling him, I hope it's okay with you. We're using you as an example a lot. You can go online and listen to it if you want to. Why did you tell him you can go online and listen to it? Because I, he, I want him to see. He's, it's I love you, Austin. Yes. <laughs> um, so I was telling him about, he said, I shared an example with you all about, I think, or maybe we never got to it. I was telling him we were going to um, share an example of, um, he was the one who required the most discipline. Um, he And it wasn't angrily defiant, but he was just, our our instructions got in the way of his fun. And that's all there And he's was. got too much of me. And I'm, and, if I'm doing it, it's obviously the right thing to do. Yeah. He thought, so one time in particular, and he was the child that we had to teach, all the couple that, they're not here today, but she was talking about how it's kind of like run around the room to, to get any discipline, and you don't want that to happen. You want to be able to give them the loving discipline, but um, he was the one who would need time to get ready for it because he would be kind of freaked out. So one day I came in and gave him the certain number of swats we had agreed on, and he, he turned around and said, I didn't cry. <laughs> and in my mama reception was you okay turn around you're getting another one i thought he was defying me i thought he was taunting me really and he was telling me on the phone the other day he said mom do you remember that time where i we were talking about this example he said yeah you know when you when i turned around and said i didn't cry i said yeah he said in my eight-year-old or whatever mind he said i thought he said i totally was unexpected your reaction was was completely not what i expected he said i thought you would be proud of me for sucking it up and not crying. He said, I was not taunting you. He said, I was really saying, I didn't cry. And I just felt horrible. I said, I am so sorry I thought you, because he did taunt me. There were times where he did taunt. But that particular event, he was, so it is important to not assume that you know what your child's thinking. At the same time, you can observe their behavior over time and pretty much know what the pattern is. And I'll say this for, for your child in particular, when you're in the ministry, because my daddy was a music minister, and you're in church all the time, and people, everybody knows the, the staff members' children. And so there's that constant interaction. And sometimes I think it's just they just want to break from having to, you know, perform. So, so again, in this, in this context, we talked about understanding their, they need to understand their relationship with God. We need to know where they are in that relationship understand their relationship with themselves. That's kind of where we've, we've camped out here for a little while. So even though we're talking about this, it's really, does the child understand what we're saying? It, it was a long time before I, I don't think as a child, I ever understood the excesses of my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, that, <laughs> the working world helped settle that down in my, in my life. But I think we can step in long before the working world to, say, to help them understand what drives them. 
and, and everybody's different in, in what drives them. And what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do you do with your strengths and weaknesses? And how do you, once you recognize them, what, what do you do with that? Um, I'm just curious, around the table, what, what personalities have arisen in your household? So, so we've talked about, we definitely have the overarching gregarious leader, so cares about the people he's with, but definitely a leader as well. We've had the lone wolf leader. <laughs> you know every, every you know each child as I go through this. Um, we've had the shy. We've had others that are developing. The manipulator, we, the negotiator. <laughs> we've had a couple of those. Um, what what's arisen in your house? You don't have to attach any names to we've any of them. We've got one that's very motivated, which can be obviously very good. Um, but the bad side of that is when you're so motivated, you're not always flexible. And that's, you know, when there are other people in the family, we have to be flexible. So that's I'm that way. And, and I get what, what the Lord convicted me of recently, and he, he kind of helped me put it into words, was that I was project-focused instead of people-focused. Mm-hmm. And when you're the people and their needs get in the way of your project, that messes you up right. if you're on an agenda. And if you're that kind of person, which both of us are, you get to the passage where Christ rebukes Martha. It's like, okay, I'm feeling Martha. But okay, I get it, Lord. I need to work in that area. So what other personalities have established themselves or are budding? What kind of mixtures do we have? They don't have any children. <laughs> they came to the wrong place. You don't have to put a specific label on it. I'm just curious. <clears throat> well, I'll go ahead. In our case, uh, one is like me and the other one like him. <laughs> so they complement at one point each other, but they don't complement the parents. Like the one who is just like me would crash a lot. And the other one is com- like more flexible, willing to listen, obeys because the person doesn't like to get in trouble or discipline or in pain. The other one doesn't care. Hit me. Crash me against the world. I'll keep going with my life. And I'll tell you why I'm right and you're wrong. So it's, and I can see myself in there. You know, there are things that I am like, I don't even know how to address it because it hurts me that I am like that. But it's like a mirror, you know? And the other one is like, come on, we have to go. And I am a, a, like a cheerleader, like, come on, we have to go, we have this, this. I am like you probably a little bit. And But it's you get tired, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to push people. The other one, you don't have to tell her, okay, the other one is <laughs> She's already there. She doesn't like failure. She doesn't like to be ashamed. And um, she's kind of towards the perfectionist side. The other one is like, eh, whatever. I'll go with the flow. So I think it's good because he has a very tender heart, but it's a... Um, it's, it's been going against himself because he's following sometimes. I am afraid as a mom that eventually he's going to be following the wrong crowd, and then it's when the Lord hits me. I am the Holy Spirit, not you. <laughs> so 
those are things, you know, that is, yeah. but it's. You know, the passage Charles read about um, that the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I've had so many prayer times with the Lord where I've said, God, I love this child. You know how much my, my, the depth of my love is, but I know that you love him or her more than I even know how. And I'm asking you to, to intercede for me and show me what I need to do to reach their heart because sometimes it's just a matter of God changing something in their heart. It's not me manipulating their behavior. Does that make sense? Um, I was looking for the passage and I can't find it. Um, he says something in the book about God is not a plastic surgeon. He's, he does open heart surgery. Mm-hmm. And until God gets a hold of their heart, we can train them to be obedient. We can train them to be, um, we can even train, you know, politeness and things like that. But until they want to please God on their own and be aware of the areas they need to work on, that that's where it's key to realize I'm not the Holy Spirit and I can't I can't change the root 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 of the problem mm-hmm. and it's just it's so exciting and we've had to wait longer years for different children for the Lord to do a work in their heart but when you see that that change when you grow up in a Christian home it's not like they had this horrible dark past but there is such a significant change even in a Christian home when their heart gets Jesus inside it, it's, it just makes a huge difference. Did you talk about when you got saved? Because he talked about, I'm sorry, seventh grade being terrible, but ninth grade, like one of the things I noticed about Charles when I first met him, um, I had gone through a time of rebellion in high school, and I wasn't the horrible, uh, you know, I didn't go off the deep end, but everything my parents wanted me to do, I would like dance all over that line, wherever the line was, you know. And I met him, and <clears throat> he just... He was, he was saved. He was not just saved. He was growing. And the thing that I noticed was the ability to stand alone, no matter who was watching. It didn't matter. You know, and, and also even refusing his own wants. You know, saying, I'm going to do this God's way, whatever area of my life. And that's what you want to see in your kids. You know, you want to see that, oh, I want to live for Jesus when nobody's watching. Um, and that sometimes... For me and parenting, it's more time spent on your knees than any any method to use. But just being the prayer warrior for your child is key. Sorry, I don't want to go. No, over that's okay. Time. <clears throat> um, I, you, you're going to the whole point of what you want the children to see in you, or what you hope they come away with, is that at the end of all things. It's all on God for me. Every egg I have is in that basket. There's nothing outside of that, regardless of what happens in the world around me. Um, any, any other, so we were talking about personalities that have risen in your households. Any other, before I get to my last point? Well, I have a leader, and then I have a little clown who likes to make people laugh and just wants to have fun all the time. And if you tell him, like you said, like if it gets in the way of his fun, he's not... He doesn't mm-hmm. want to obey. If he's in the mood to be helpful and that's fun right now, then he'll obey. Do you have that poem Mrs. Fraser gave you? With it's on my bed. Oh, oh. About Tell him the name of it. With uh, time adjustment? Uh, or speed adjustment. Speed adjustment. Yes. For those fun-loving children that you might have, um, and they obey, but they're very slow <laughs> to obey, moving five miles an hour towards the goal, 
She's got a great poem. I'll try. I'm so sorry I didn't bring it today. It's called a Speed, speed Adjustment. adjustment. <laughs> you just give them a little speed adjustment. Um, so, yeah. So let me wrap into other stuff because I'm, I'm going to have to close out a little bit early tonight. So, so we talked about the child's relationship to God, the child's relationship to themselves, the child's relationship to others. We've kind of bled into this in our conversation. Are they pleasant to be with? Do others want to be around the child? Do you want to be around the child? <clears throat> How does that child deal with disappointment? We all have to deal with disappointment. How does the child deal with disappointment? How do they show that to others? Open the gift. Thank you. <laughs> it's not what you're looking for. Um, what do they bring out in those around them? Do they bring out the best in people around them, or do they bring out the worst? We've talked about in charge and control. Instead of meeting needs, is their core desire to control those in the room with them, as opposed to what are the needs around me? Best example I can think of. Um, I'm not preaching at any of my kids. Um, I walk in the house, and the kitchen obviously is not what it needs to be, and everybody's just doing their thing. And Heather's had a long, hard day, and she goes, can you please help me out? Sure. Ryan, Laura, Emma, come on in. And it's not just delegation. It's you demonstrated as well. I think one of the more humbling experiences I've had, um, there was one of the folks that worked for me at the office was out of the Indian culture. And it took me a while to figure out, you know, I figured that meant he had a rich plug-in because there's a large Indian culture in, in, my, in my office and in the Charlotte environment. But he was from a caste that was much lower. Most of the folks with him in his, in his Indian environs, he really wasn't one that they wanted to associate with. And they had just had a, a new baby. Um, he had told me, you know, Charles, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. I, I don't know that I can bring up a child in this environment. And some of it was U.S. culture. Some of it was he really had nobody to plug in. And I just invited him over to dinner, something I've never done with a single employee. It's usually a group event because that can get you into all other kind of issues. And came over because I said, because... The, the, la the lady really had no one to talk to around. I've got this infant, and I don't know what I'm doing. So it was really time for her to come spend some time with Heather. They had a meal with us, and then we did what we always do. Um, Austin was still home. I don't even remember how old you were. And we cleaned up, went to the kitchen, took everything. And later he said, Charles, do you know in my world you would never have been in there washing dishes? That's That's... That's what the servants do. And he said, but all of your kids were in there doing it with you. And it was not, I wasn't putting on a show. That's just, this was life in my house. You're going to live in my house? You're going to put your dishes up, right, right? <laughs> I had to refresh his memory this morning. What are you going away from the table for and your dishes are still there? Thank you for coming today. But again, you never know just how much people are watching. And I was really humbled by that because I wanted to if you saw other events in my household, you might not be so impressed. Um, so anyway, are we looking out for the needs of others, um, or is the child always wanting to control, or is the child always the one who has to, who is controlled by those around him? They, they need to understand how they relate with other people. 
And that's where the parental review comes in again. You you know, check out where your children are in these three areas, and to God, to themselves, to others, and and see where you need to kind of lead them. Like this week, we've had a lot of um, Emma had to learn what the word means to be sensitive, because we would be getting in the car, and I would we'd be rushing somewhere, and we. I barely got my seatbelt on. I'm back out of the driveway, and she starts asking, can I have a cup of water? Can I have a Kleenex? Can Do you have any gum? I want to play on your phone. We, we had to make a rule. When, my, when you see Mama rushing, and, and I not a rule, but I said, we had to explain what being sensitive is. I said, I need you to be sensitive. So the way you can do that is when we're getting in the car, don't ask me for anything until we get out of the neighborhood. <laughs> and then I can help you. Or, you know, try to get your own cup of water before we leave, that kind of thing. And just teaching them what these character terms even mean. What does it mean to be sensitive to other people and that kind of thing? So to wrap it up, that that's kind of lays out what the objectives are in this time of life. Next week we'll get into how do you do that? How do you actually execute on that? Um, some things to think about. Um, how often do you do checks with the kids to, to kind of go through this, to make an assessment? Um, I should probably bring in that. Remember the, the link I brought home and said everybody should do it. Do a personality test with the kids that are old enough to do that. Um, it, it's eye-opening. Um, so sit down, analyze the kids in the, in the terms of these three issues. How do they deal with God? Where are they with themselves and others? Um, if you've ever felt, if I had been there, I could have controlled my child, but I wasn't there, that, that's, that's what we want to not have to feel. I think we've all felt that way at least once. Um, and a couple other things, just wrapping up, not terribly connected to that last thought. The whole energy part of life, it doesn't go away. So this is some, some, of our, some of our days this past week has been you do the whole work day, you get home, Emma's a bundle of energy, she wants to do her things. Uh, Ryan and I usually play racquetball twice a week, so there's that, uh, which I enjoy. I'm not complaining about that. Um, so you get home from all of that, and there's still the other kids that you haven't interacted with, and you finally get them all settled down, and then a FaceTime fires from Texas or from Las Vegas. So the other night, the one fired from Vegas, and I was wondering, why am I so tired? And all of a sudden he goes, yeah, we got to get Novalin down because it's 8.30. Wait a minute, that means it's 11.30 in my house. <laughs> it never ends. So... It gives you an opportunity to, are you really ready to pour out your life for others? Um, but God gives grace for all that. He does. Whatever. That's why that, 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 that verse about, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, and I will give you rest for your souls. That's where we need to live. That's where we need to be. Um, I'm not always real gracious in what I just described. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's always a wake-up call that, Charles, your kids still want to be involved with you. That's a blessing beyond words. So don't make them think that you're bugging them when they FaceTime in, because they'll stop. So anyway, closing thoughts? Yeah, I just want to add a quick plug for the wilds. I guess just what we're talking about along the lines of uh, us, you know, as parents pointing our kids (coughs) to Christ. Um, I love the wilds. I know Danielle would say this, too, since we just went as sponsors. Um, Just the kids owning their faith and being taught from an early age that, their faith is theirs. It's up to them. So I would just say for all you parents of young kids, as soon as you can send them, send them. 
it enforces everything that you're teaching them from somebody else's perspective and even from people who are closer to them Mm -hmm. in age that not just like what Charles talked about all my eggs are in this one basket I'm going to depend on the Lord but that not just because it's it's the right thing to do because it's the place of blessings and that's what we want for you because we love you and that's the pla- that's the best place to be. And I knew that before I went as a sponsor, but yeah, just yeah. having been there as a sponsor, I just can't say enough good things about it. It's just such an awesome camp, and it's it impacts them spiritually so much. So. It was life changing for me. Um, my first time going was high school, and that's the years where you start deciding what you want to do. So to go and see people serving the Lord, young people actually having fun, uh, was life changing for me, and it. I think was critical for changing the direction of where my life could have went. And as long as you can uh, sponsor with your husband, it's a great for any of you. It's really, it helps you to see things from a teenage perspective. We forget. Yes. So sorry, i I got to okay. close because i got other things I have to do this morning as well and prep for. Um, next week, we'll do less lecture. Next week, I think I want to put a lot of We're table. We're going to be here next week. Oh. Someone else is going to lead a discussion. So it'll be on this topic. The week after that, we will be back. And I think a lot We're of We're going it, to Las Vegas. I think the majority of it will be <laughs> to visit our child who's in the Air Force. <laughs> and the grandbaby. Um, and the grandbaby. <laughs> and the, the daughter-in-law. Um, we'll spend probably three-quarters of the time kind of talking at the tables around how do we do some of what we just talked about and um, and ideas that you have and, and, and be able to share where you are and, and what things you're working on. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that you have the answers for our life needs in your word. And Lord, if we come to you, sold out to you to say the life I live is yours, Lord, that takes us in so much the right direction. The challenge is how do we live that out day to day? in a flesh that's still not redeemed with a spirit that is. Lord, empower us to take your yoke upon us that's light and enter into your rest here in this world, in our day-to-day, to be able to be at rest because you've got it under control and we're living a life that allows you to live through us. Help us to really do that in Jesus' name. What was it? It was the 